you ever wondered how do you find the most profitable niche or what product will be trending this year or what is the most sold thing on Amazon in 2021 hello virtual entrepreneurs i am your host Herbert Innocent and if you are new to this podcast today we are talking about profitable niches we were talk we are talking about opportunities and the big question is are opportunities monopolized so if you have been thinking about how to find profitable blog niches or how to find profitable youtube niches or how to choose a niche for your affiliate marketing tune in today and we're going to be discussing more in a minute now before we jump into that in the previous episode we had been reading the book called The Science of Getting Rich by W D or W B Wallace if I remember correctly and what we are doing is we are continuing that book uh, with the what we usually do the same way we usually do that is we read the chapter and then we discuss with keynotes added at the end and the goal in doing that is that we try to make sure that we take the lessons from the book and we act upon them so this is the book the science of getting rich by w d wallace and we have we had read the first chapter and we had read the second chapter uh yesterday and so today we're going to be looking at chapter 3 which is the chapter asking the question is opportunity monopolized in the previous chapters the chapters dealed with uh you know your right to be rich um you know and what they said was you need to make use to be to fully develop yourself you need to make use of yourself of your talents in both in all body mind and soul and in order to do that you need to use things right uh and things because of the way society is organized today to get anything you need money and so the science of being rich really becomes the fundamental of everything you know the book went in as far as to say for a man who cannot like to quote it exactly said the man who has nothing to give cannot fulfill his place as a husband as a father as a citizen or as a man and really if you think about it it's quite a powerful thing because what it's saying is money may not be everything but it is the basis for what it is today you need to build a life and then in chapter 2 we talked a little bit about passion dealing with people and doing things in a certain way and that was the key secret formula doing things in a certain way now the reason why we use that there we say doing things in a certain way is that let me pose a question for you have you ever wondered why all bicycles have a round wheel right or most bicycles have a round wheel you don't walk around and see bicycles with four wheels people driving them around and the reason is because there are things just that work and by just modeling the things that work you're guaranteed to get the same results right and so in today's society we use the concept of modeling what works but back when the book was written what the author refers to as doing things in a certain way and that way is the way that work right and so that's what we talked about in chapter 2 and so 
um, we started to, and the call to action was that you were going to go there and start looking at how things are being done and we're going to start modeling and doing things in a certain way, right? Modeling things that work. So, without going too much into that, we're going to start reading chapter and then once we've done reading, we're going to have a very key point, strong key points uh, on my own personal note added onto that. Then we're going to finalize up a call to action, which is what you will be doing. So if you haven't listened to any of the previous chapters, I want you to go back and listen to them, then come back to this, and it will make so much more sense. Other than that, stay tuned. So just put your feet up on the sofa and relax. I'm going to start reading for you now. So, chapter 3 of The Science of Getting Rich by W.D. Wallace. Chapter 3 Is Opportunity Monopolized? No man is kept poor because opportunity has been taken away from him, because other people have monopolized the wealth and have put a fence around it. You may be shut off from engaging in a business in a certain line, but there are other channels open to you. Probably it will be hard for you to get in control of all the great railroad. Rail road systems that field is pretty well monopolized but the electrical railway business is still in its infancy and offers plenty of scope for entertainment it will be but a very short very few years until traffic and transportation through the air will become a great industry and in all its branches will give employment to hundreds of thousands perhaps to millions of people. Why not turn your attention to the development of the aerial transportation instead of competing with J.J. Hill and other with the same chance in the steam railroad rail world? It is quite true that if you are a worksman in an employment of a steel trust, you have very little chance of becoming the owner of that plant in which you work. But it is also true that if you will commence to act in a certain way, you will very soon leave the employment of that steel trust and you can buy a farm from 10 to 40 acres and engage in the business of production, producer of food, of food stuff. There is great opportunity at this time for men who will live upon a small tract of land and cultivate the same intensively. Such men will certainly get rich. You may say that it is impossible for you to get the land, but I am going to prove to you that it is not impossible and that you can certainly get a farm if you are willing to work in a certain way. At different periods, the tide of opportunity set in a different direction, according to the needs of the whole and particular and the particular stage of social evolution which has been reached. At present in America, it is setting towards agriculture and the allied industry and professions. Today, opportunity is open before the farmer is in his line more than before the factory worker is in his line. It is open before the businessman who supplies the farmers more than before the man who supplies the factory worker. 
and before the professionals, professional men wait on the farmer more than the one who serves the working class. There is abundance of opportunity for the man who will go through the tides instead of trying to swim against it. So the factory workers either as individual or as a class are not deprived of opportunity. The worker are not being kept down by their masters. They are being they are not being grounded by their trust and the combination of capital. As a class, they are where they are because they do not do things in a certain way. If the workers of America choose to do so, they could follow the example of their brothers in Belgium and other countries and establish great department stores and cooperative industries. They could elect men of their own class to office and pass laws favoring the development of such cooperative industry. It is a few years they could is in a few years and in a few years they could take peaceful possession of the industrial field the working class may be the master class whenever they will begin to do things in a certain way the law of wealth is the same for them as it is for all others this they must learn and they will remain where they are as long as they continue to do so. The individual worker, however, is not held down by the ignorance of the mental sloth, slothfulness of the class. He can follow the tide of opportunity to riches, and this book will tell him how. No one is kept in poverty by the shortness of supplies of riches. There is more than enough for all. A palace as large as capital of Washington might be built for every family on it on earth from the building materials in the United States alone and under the intensive cultivation the culture will produce wool cotton linen silk enough to clothe each person in the world finer than Solomon was arrayed in all his glory together with food enough to feed all of them luxuriously the visible supply is practically inexhaustible and the invisible supplies really is inexhaustible everything you see on earth is made from original substance out of which all things proceed new forms are constantly being made and old ones are destroyed are dissolving but all our shapes assumed by one thing there is no limit to the supply of the formless stuff or original substance the universe is made out of it but it was not all used in the making of the universe the space in through the between of the forms of the visible universe are permuted and filled with the original substance with the formless stuff with the raw material of all things 
10,000 times as much has been made might still be made and even then we could not we should not have exhausted the supply of the universal raw material no man therefore is poor because nature is poor or because there is not enough to go around nature is inexhaustible storehouse of riches the supplies will never run short original substance is alive within creative energy and it is constantly producing more forms when the supply building material is exhausted more will be produced when the soil is exhausted so for the food stuff the material for the clothing will no longer grow upon it it will be renewed or more soil will be made when all gold and silver has been dug from the earth if man still is in such stage of social development that it needs gold and silver more will be produced from the formless the formless stuff responds to the needs of man it will not let him go without any good thing this is true of man collectively the race as a whole is always abundantly rich and if individuals are poor it is because they do not follow the law they do not follow a certain way of doing things which makes the individual man rich the formless stuff is intelligent it is stuff which thinks it is alive and is always impelled towards more life it is the natural and inherent impulse of life to seek to live more it is the nature of intelligence to enlarge itself and of consciousness to seek to extend its boundaries to find fuller expressions the universe of forms has been made by formless living substance throwing itself into forms in order to express itself more fully the universe is a great living presence always moving inherently towards more life and fuller functioning nature is formed for the advancement of life it is impelling motive it is to increase life for this cause everything which can possibly be ministered to life is bountiful provided there can be no lack unless god is to contradict himself and nullify his own works you are not kept poor by lack of supplies or of riches it is a fact which i shall demonstrate later either on that even resources of the formless supplies are in constant are in command of the man and woman who will act and think in a certain way end of chapter 3 of the science of getting rich okay so now we have just read that there and i'm going to try and add a few points of my own there i think from all that there's quite a lot to take but i'm just going to take one point and expand upon it and we're going to try and act on this one point so the one point here that i think is more important is the tide of opportunities and the reason why i think this is the biggest point is because if you look at the soil right um today we do something called crop rotation right that means for 
three months you plant a specific uh, type of plant and then for the next three months of, uh, that follows first initial three months you plant something else and then in the next three months after that you then plant something else you rotate right you give it a new opportunity and so this idea of opportunities coming the tide winds changing direction I think it goes back um, and it's visible in every single area and the more we discuss this it's going to become much more apparent but to add on to that there is something else that seems to be quite um, I think very very common in a society right you'll find that it's easier uh, for people to just do things because everyone is already doing them and sometimes even if the thing being done is not working um, and I think the book mentioned something along the lines of why would you do you know while you if you're gonna keep remaining and doing things in the way that you're doing then you cannot really expect to get different results right I think there was a quote that's going back that says you know stupid I think it was a uh, it what was it? Uh, it says something along the line of doing the same thing and then expecting a different result um, is, you know, it's not really a good sign of showing, measuring, and wanting to really get that change that you're looking for, right? Because if you're looking to get change, to get a better result, then if you did something once and you didn't get the result you're looking for, then you should have noticed that you didn't get a different result, and that calls for you to change how you did that. And, uh, and this is why we are proposing doing things a certain way because this new certain way is the way that has been shown to work and therefore it is guaranteed to work. And to give you an, an example from my own past experiences, when I first started uh, doing photography, I noticed something very interesting. That is, there is there's a concept that was mentioned to me that, you know, if you're building business, you're either on the fast lane or on the slow lane. Right. Uh, it's like if you're in a pool, if you ever notice, if you're learning how to swim, there's the fast lane and there's a slow lane, right? Um, you can't expect to go faster when you're in the slow lane in business. Um, and this is because the way things work, this is because the way, you know, the way we give value to other people really depends on a lot of stuff. and. When you break it down, it really comes down to two things. There is product type of businesses and there's service type of businesses, right? Product type businesses require that you take raw material and turn them into product and sell those as a finished product. Service type business require that you perform a service. So it's a transaction based on you doing something in exchange for money. Both of those solve problems, right? For example, if you're buying um, weights, right, to lift for fitness, that is a product and the goal is exercise, it's better health. That is the same. On the other hand, if you are a coach, physical exercise coach, you're giving your time to train someone. One of them is a service, one of them is a product. They're both solving the same problem, right? And if you own the gym, it's also the same, you're providing a service. And the difference here is one is trading is trading raw materials and the other is trading time right but bring it back to the type of opportunities and if you look at when the book was written 
The book was written when the agriculture was just starting to boom, very early on in the... Basically, it was written in 1910, right? During the Industrial Revolution, agriculture was still really improving, the railroads were still, you know, they were just being finished up, and today they're completely really just taken over. Nobody really talks into going to the railroad business to make a fortune. And what this says is, things are improving, right? Uh, we were in the Bronze Age, Iron Age, and you know we went to the digital, uh, sorry, agricultural, industrial, and now we're in the digital age, right? And the digital age is really known as the information age. So the tide has shifted to information. Now, what we mean here is, if we look at the businesses that we are doing, our businesses where either you sell a physical product or you sell a service-based product. Either you sell a raw material or you sell your time. And if you're looking at the information age, you can still sell the same products, but now you can sell them in the form of information, right? Selling books, right? Books is a physical product. It's a book, it has information in it. But now, instead of trading a raw material, which is you are selling, let's say, um, weight, which was, you know, a physical raw heavy material, now you're selling information within that book and the value can change drastically, right? Um, same book, same weight, same raw material, but the information, it could be worth much more different values, right? Um, there are books I've seen that are being sold for hundreds and there are those which are being sold for thousands and there are those that nobody will buy even if they're one, <laughs> one dollars. So the idea here is now we are using the same raw material, but there's a very huge increase in leverage, in advantage, because now you're selling information. And if you look at the service-based business, it used to be that you know you have to trade your time, but now you could do the same coaching by recording information and by providing the same services. And instead of trading your time, you are trading, uh, you are packaging services as a product. And so you could. You know, for example, um, buying an online class, that is you know, a service being packaged as a product. And some online classes like master classes sell up for hundred thousand, um, you know, 30K, uh, 30K a year or something like that. And some just for month, per month. And the idea here is now you're packaging things very, very differently. Now, if you look at this, you notice that if you're selling a raw, a raw material product, Usually you are in the slow lane, right? If you're trading time, you're also in the slow lane. But if you're selling information, now you're in the fast lane. And now the opportunities have shifted. The tide of opportunity has shifted towards the information age. And that is where everything is at, right? So instead of me going too much into that detail, I'm going to let you digest that. Because as we were talking about, we mentioned that, you know, the, the tides of opportunities keep changing and you need to change with them rather, rather than remain with them, right? So opportunities not monopolized, but the tides have changed and you have to change with tides. And today it's mostly information age. If you look around, you can sell to, to anywhere in the world. You can sell information, right? Translate it and sell it. And it's all accessible via the internet, right? And so... When you look at that, it really concludes the idea that today it has come to the point where you need to 
have everyone is you know everyone is, has this access to these mobile devices so they can have information. It has become the key important important part of uh, of our daily lives, right? And so what I wanted to conclude with that was that when it comes to opportunities, it's really about looking at where the tide is heading and then to sail in that direction. Now before I rumble any further, as you can see, I've kind of already covered all those points. I'm gonna leave it there and then I'll say thank you for tuning in. The call to action for today is, I want you to learn more about um, the profitable niches, right? Where to find the opportunities. Um, there's plenty of them. And I made an episode on profitable niches how to find your affiliate marketing profitable niche now you can use that to find a uh, profitable niche for a business and you can also uh, find a lot within that area I made a full episode what I want you to do is I want you to go and to listen to that it's going to give you more content on how to find your profitable niche how to find that opportunity you've been looking for right so aside from that thank you so much for tuning in on this episode and I'll see you on our next episode of The Virtual Entrepreneur. Good evening.